Hello, this is Alex Saviuk for 11 O'Clock Comics, and that Saviuk rhymes with book. <laughs> now that's more like it. Is it Thursday? What, what's going on? Nah. I, I'm all messed up. Are you, though? Yeah, I'm always messed up. It's the Lord's Day of Rest. In a good kind of way. The, <laughs> the Lord's Day of Rest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, That's great. Churches be busy today. Only peaches. The Catholic Petri dishes. Fucking Ozarks is popping today. Silliness. You see that? It's just total silliness. And my, my son, Dad. All my buds are going down to the res every day. There's like 50 people down there swimming. They're all having a good time. I said, yeah, well, you're not. So, you know, you, you can you can fetish it from a distance, but you're not going. Oh, you suck. I'm like, okay. I suck because right. I care about you. Makes no damn sense. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I, I you know, this is obvious, but I was 15 too. I, I, I don't know where this feeling of imperviousness comes from. And it's all his friends have it. Yeah, they just think they they can do everything. Are you are you kidding me? Well, uh, because we, I mean, if you want to get real, it's because we gave him too easy a life. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. And then he's telling me that a bunch of his friends are Trumpers, and I'm like, well, let's get that list and cross all them bitches off. Yeah, because you're not hanging around with By them. By the anymore. way, I mean that's that's one of the reasons that uh, so many people just. Are personally assaulted like anytime anything happens, you know, they no, no one actually handles adversity anymore, I mean, right? Just, I love it, but our kids, dude. Our, I mean, I love my kids, obviously, and I, I but I mean, they, 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 do, they do not know the meaning of the word adversity, it's true. <laughs> I mean, not it's, any real, right? Way. Right? It's, so, what they think is so their adver, their, their micro adversities probably seem Herculean to them, yes. And he said to me today, he was in a mood about we went to about six different places, and he was in a mood halfway through, and I'm like, what crawled up your ass? He's like, oh, I hate putting the mask on, taking the mask off. And I said, seriously, that's what's got you in this this mood? Having to put something around your ears for 15 minutes and then taking it off when you get back in the car. That's why you're all out of shape. And he's like, well, yeah. I said, you're unbelievable. That's that's adversity. Hmm. But yep. – this is nowhere near adversity. <laughs> this is old man, old man, old man, old, old man complaining. O'clock comics. Sorry. Yes, actually, to be more precise, it's eleven o'clock comics, episode six hundred and seventy-three, and I'm Vince B. Or Vince B. I am David A. Price. Yes, you are, and I am Torquemada. Oh, now that could come from a number of sources. Chances are good that you haven't been reading any 2000 AD. So, <laughs> no, I, I would always say you are not Torquemada. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here today, all together now for this, a very special episode, because as you'll, you can tell, you're going to be downloading this on a Monday. And we rarely do Sunday episodes, but we have to because our wonderful, beautimous, loving patrons have made it available for you. That's right. The patrons are there. They rise or they lift everyone up and you reap the benefits of that. And if you would like to see what this whole Patreon thing is about, go there. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and witness. Bear witness to the fruit of uh, their labors. 
It's facts. Yeah, they're wonderful people. Absolutely. Yep. So don't all jump at the microphone. Uh, Let's tell them why we have gathered here for this episode. All of us have read the same thing. And we are going to tag team on Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp's Green, The Green Lantern. Sorry. Actually, we're probably just going to focus on 7 to 12 because we already talked about 1 to 6. Mm-hmm. So the Green Lantern seven to twelve, and the Black Stars mini, which was three mm-hmm. issues, capped off the twelve issue season one that Morrison and Sharp had lovingly rendered with this three issue thing at the end. And uh, we're going to get into it, but before we do, again, I had another little idea. Um, not when I was in the shower. This one was independent of me touching myself. As viewers, right, as as art aficionados, we have certain expectations going in. Um, and I think there are, there are strata of expectations. On the one hand, there's, you have the macro expectation what do you expect when you when you experience art right but that those kind of expectations are not the same as the micro expectations when you know beforehand and you are familiar with the creators of said art those are a whole bunch of different kind of expectations so i think we should look at top level expectations and then micro expectations because we've never really laid all this out I mean, we talk about art every week, multiple times a week, and yet we've never actually said, what are we looking for in our entertainment, in our art? What, what, what do we want to get out of it? And I strive to do this, but I, I plan on going into my art with no expectations, which is incredibly hard, if not impossible to do. Right? Someone comes up to you and they say, Hey, I have a lost Bronze Age Jack Kirby book that they found unpublished in a drawer somewhere. I'm going to have expectations going in. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's almost impossible not to have expectations. But as a viewer, I like to, or as uh, a member of the audience, I like to wipe my mind of any kind of preconceived notions going in. Easier said than done. Right? But that's my aim because it, 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 there's a plethora of things that could alter your perception of the art. Knowing a little bit too much about the creators, having read some kind of a spoiler online, um, maybe it features a genre to which you're not all that enthused, right? Or with which you're not all that enthused. I mean, there there could be a, a litany of things that could push you out of the art. And, you know, we deal with those too. But I think um, a lot of this is more unconscious, right? You don't think about this going in. At least I don't, right? Do you guys? Like, oh, here's a Bucky book. I'm probably not going to like this. You have preconceived notions based on the character or the writer. There's... I, I don't want to say I have I, I go in with no 
expectations because I the one expectation I have is that I expect to be entertained and I don't I'm not I, I'm not going to try to set myself up um, I'm not going to force myself to read something that I think I might not enjoy and I'm I'd rather it, it yes it, it it's a gamble I could either I could take a chance on this and end up being entertained and come away really enjoying it or I can take the safe bet and go back and either reread or continue to read a series that I'm presently enjoying. So it's 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 just that's I kind of know what I'm going to get, and if I'm going to spend time reading something, then I'll, I'll that's what I will take the time and and do. Um, I, th- I think entertained is a sticky wicket because entertained assumes that there's some kind of enjoyment coming out of it or derived from it did you enjoy were you entertained by faust right it's not a book that you're just like wow okay you know what i mean i don't i I don't entertain is not synonymous with joy with me i was entertained by seeing the movie joker it doesn't mean it's a feel-good movie that's going to make you want to you know right tell you know your 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 five-year-old niece hey you should go see this it, it's there there are um and then just value for 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 my time that's basically what i'm looking for and uh it's 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 partly why i mean it's it's interesting that you know you you asked this um on a night where we're going to talk about green lantern which is one of on the DC side, especially, one of my all-time favorite characters. And, right, and that's exactly it's, why I did it. That's sweet. It's there. There's and and yeah, I mean, we could, I could say I'm a purist, or I'm just I'm setting my ways, or I won't budge from um, what I like and, and try new things. But it's, it's when when it comes to a character like Hal Jordan, is, is this going to, tri- if, if, when I sit down to read something, is that going to trigger a memory of what brought me, what makes me enjoy this hobby? What, what, what put that spark in my ass that, that, that made me want to go to the comic shop or check out what was on the spin rack. And, and I, I, I want that, that connection, that, that, that emotional attachment to, to what keeps me enjoying this hobby right and, but that's not that would be considered micro right because top level you just want to be i won't say entertained you just want to be captivated by this art you want right. to be taken out of your mind space and put somewhere else by the uh ability of the people making the art so i, I guess that's a basic expectation that we all have yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's, I, yes, I don't disagree with that at all. There, there's, there, there's a, a checklist I have when I'm approaching a comic book, and and it's not necessarily this isn't the order, but but the three things that I tend to, it's one of them, it's 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 character, it's writer, and it's artist. Now, now, generally, if the character on its own, not necessarily going to sway me to to read it because i'm i uh, spider-man is a favorite character 
I'm not reading the current stuff. So obviously character by itself doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to give that a try. But writer or artist will definitely um, move me to, 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 to try something. And based on based on who's working on that character, um, I may have one of those. I, I may have an expectation. I, 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 I figure that, you know, I will... There will, I'm going to get something out of this. I'll, right. I'll, it'll, it'll, it'll continue the story of of something that that I'm I'm I've been enjoying, and and it's kind of what I'm hoping for. Right, and it could be expectation in attached to a member of a creative team can be both positive and negative. Yes, if I see no offense, Greg Land on the cover, my expectation is I'm not going to get much out of the visuals for this book. Maybe a great story, but from past experience, I know from that name, the recognition clicks in, and I know I'm not going to experience much joy uh, or wonder based on this art. Now, if I see, just to keep it in the zone with what we're going to talk about tonight, if I see Liam Sharp on the cover, I know immediately my expectation is heightened because from my experience with Liam Sharp's artwork, he is a consummate professional and always delivers. Um, if there was uh, a percentage of, you know, a level percentage, I think he is in the top 1% of, of visual stylists, stylists of, of sequential art. He's amazing. Uh, you cover the bases, uh, character design, machinery, um, environments, uh, sequentials. The man is just an incredible talent and never fails to whisk me away whenever I see his artwork on the page. I bought Gears of War because of Liam Sharp. Like, who wants to mm-hmm. read Gears of War? And and yet, when his name is on the cover, my expectations leap because I adore the man's work. So, uh, expectations can be um, positive and or negative, right? Um, Jason has expectations when he sees certain writers' names on on the cover of books. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 this is a tough one. I, I don't have an easy answer for this because because I I just think that I don't manage the process. So I think that there are times that I have tremendous expectations for things based on all you know, as you said, a, a an absolute like overwhelming number of, of variables can play into it, whether it be hype or solicits or the creators involved or the subject matter, or did I see it in previews or have you heard about it months before, you know, all these things play a role. Um, I would say every book I open up, I have a different range of expectations. Um, I find generally speaking, the, the, the more defined expectations I have going in, the more likely I'm going to be disappointed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is a big reason why I've transitioned to so much non-big two superhero reading in the last few years, because I, I much more often than not, I I don't have much of a predisposition to what I'm getting into when I open up a book like that. So I can just enjoy it for what it is a little bit easier. Um, But yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's a intellectually beautiful thing to try and go in with no, uh, preconceptions for anything, and that 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 extends to any type of experience, whether it be a museum or traveling to a new place or a meal. I mean, I, I just think that's probably the best 
purest way to enjoy. And I think that's a lot of why your age defines what you view as the the best of any genre of any of any type of thing. It's because it's like it's not because you know you you generally the, the music that was made in the seventies was the best music ever. Uh, you you know you think that if or people your age think that because it's when you first fell in love with music that Very was the true. music that was out. Same Very thing with true. us, right? That, that's why we talk about eight, the early eighties comics. I mean, you know, it's because that's when we fell in love with the hobby and 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 started noticing how much how much variety there was and how much creativity there was. Um, I think that's so, yes. true to a point, but mm-hmm. I mean, personally, when I say the Bronze mm-hmm. Age is my favorite age of comics, that could be rose-colored glasses because that's when I first really hardcore loved sure comics, but when you list all of the major um, accomplishments in or or experiments with form and style and storytelling, a lot of what we take for granted today as being edgy that all came from the Bronze Age. Like they were, it was a very very uh, rich period in creativity and experimentation and and just testing the medium and you had the marvel black and white magazines you had the warren magazines you had underground comics coming up um superhero comics changed forever so i think it's fair to say that yeah we do tend to gravitate towards that our golden our individual golden ages but when you look at the 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 uh the information not the information. When you when you look at the the laundry list of what was done in that era, I think is if we're going to talk true, that the Bronze Age was much more creatively rich than what came after. So yeah, it is rose colored glasses, but there's there's a lot of truth in 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 you know what was done. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, it, you know, there's there's truth and there's there's not truth. Um, it was a very vibrant period. Uh, can you say the Bronze Age was inferior to the nineties? Uh, no, right? Or, or you know, or or the the aughts? No. At least I can't because, right. again, that's my time. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I went. Yeah. No. I mean, I was just trying to say that that. Uh, that when we talk about nostalgia, the driving force is the the is the, when you experience something for the first time. There's just an extra bit of joy to it and surprise, and because you don't have expectations, right. happy to have expectations is something you've never experienced before, right? Exactly. So that's like, all I'm saying is, is like tabula it's, it's, rasa. And, yeah, and that's why I and and it's a fascinating thing because there are lots of comics and books and movies and rerun TV shows that I have re-experienced and thought the worst for it. doesn't take away the joy I had when I first experienced those things, mm-hmm. but re-watching them is a chore, or I see the flaws, or I think, wow, I mean, if this movie came out now, it would, or, or this TV show was out now, it wouldn't be very well-received. And um, But, and this is why I say I don't really ever have a plan, I don't actively manage this, there are other things that... Um, I've revisited and been blown away by how great they still are in my mind and, right. and that they, they, and I certainly see them differently than I would have when I was 15, but 
but I can, but I can still view it and think, wow, but it's still something special. And, and, uh, and again, uh, there are lots of things that we've read during the show that we were revisiting that I was bummed as I was revisiting it. Cause I thought, ah, this is a slog or wow. I can't believe I loved this as much as I did back then. Um, like like the like the new universe when I was like I just talked about DP Sam when I was when I was reading the new universe at, like at the time it was coming out I thought it was awesome like I loved every page of it like I thought it was cool this new you know again because it was new and we were all such continuity wonks like I just super excited by it and I remembered it all these years as being much better than it actually is <laughs> like objectively like as a as a collection of uh, um, so revisiting that was like oh okay I mean not so hot but then you know we've had other things where we've revisited it and it's been almost as great as the first experience I ever had with it. Right. You know? And then I, that's why there's things like classics. Like, like I've reread, I've re reread Watchmen, I don't know, eight, 10 times in my life. And it's, I, I take something new away from it every time. And I'm always, I, and I, and I always am thrilled to have reread it. You know what I mean? Right. But I think you nailed it. Uh, the majority of our, entertainment explorations is based on nostalgia almost wholly based on nostalgia because when we read a contemporary comic whether it's conscious or unconscious you want to feel the way you felt when you first read fantastic four and or whatever right or you want to get as excited as for the medium as you did in the past um music wise I want to experience something today like I did the first time I heard Revolver, mm-hmm. right? Or, I mean, you could stack up a bunch of classic albums, whatever. Uh, I want to relive the days when everything was new and fresh and my ears were hungry. And now there the plethora of things that come out. It's just like, it sounds like everything else. And I don't really hear a whole lot different. And there may be different out there, but different unlike the stuff from my youth right there was only one david bowie so i'm never going to hear i'm never going to experience that level of excitement in hearing ziggy stardust for the first time it it will never happen so but, but that's a product of age um i'll never ever experience the joy of reading um whatever amazing spider-man 121 again it's it's impossible it's an impossibility because we are not the same person we are we have more experience and and life living under our under our belts so i mean but yes i think a lot of us are searching for that original high and it, that's an impossibility mm-hmm. again it's just like wiping the slate you can't it, you can strive to go in blind but it's very difficult um but so, so yeah, so expectations on a, on a ton of different levels, and expectations based on publisher too. I expect different things from a Marvel book than I do a DC book. Is that wrong? Maybe, but again, from the experience I have with DC, I don't expect their universe to walk and talk the same way that the Marvel universe walks and talks because mm-hmm. it, it never has. And there, there's a language at Marvel and there's a language at DC. And when I'm in each respective universe, I expect it 
to speak that language. Just like David said, when I see a book about Hal Jordan, I expect Morrison's Hal Jordan to at least resemble the Hal Jordan that I've read for decades. And I think this one does up until a certain point. So kudos to Morrison because uh, he could lose uh, he could lose track of the character at times in, in his in his works, but I don't think he did with Hal in this one. I thought the Hal was pretty much the Hal I remember. You know, would you say the same? You asking dapper me? Either. Um. I mean, I'm probably less. I'm probably less picky. I mean, you had just said that you have different expectations for Marvel or DC. I certainly do, just because I don't have those extra decades of, especially when I was falling in love with comics with with Marvel, as I did with DC. Right. So, so generally speaking, I'm not as beholden to any archetype of the DC characters uh, for the most part. Um, I know that uh, that that Green Lantern run from a few years back was all kinds of fakakta. I felt stupid and off, but, um, but yeah, it seemed fine to me. I, 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 like, I didn't feel like it was off, but I also didn't feel like how was, I mean, there are a lot of characters in this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, where did he go? Did we lose him? I don't know. I'm here. Short answer. No long answer, yes, but um, what is or the it? actually no, 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 no. See, okay, short answer is yes. It it does resemble a Hal. I'm familiar with. Long answer, no, it doesn't. But, and that's what we'll get into tonight. Yes, I mean it absolutely helps that um, Liam's drawings are. Uh, are reminiscent to Neil, um, definitely, and uh, and 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 there's hints of of the quietly here and there, and and it's I mean yes, it's obviously still there's still a lot of Liam Sharp on these pages, one hundred percent. But I'll I'll come across a panel, and it and it just it takes me back to our traveling heroes, and and there's there's and 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 that's part of the attraction in in these twelve issues for me is is that it it's even though. It's it's weird visually. It's it reminds me of a Green Lantern book, and and it it just it takes me back to those those Denny O'Neill or there's Len Wayne or or those Englehart or um, or more Green Lantern stories, and the story, the writing, the words that are coming out of the characters' mouths, that is one hundred percent Morrison, and and. And that isn't necessarily for me with the Green Lantern story necessarily a good thing. It's there are there are times where I, I know, you know, when you're reading a Warren Ellis book, yeah, there's there's science there, and and he and and Warren is plugged into you know technologies and 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 sciences, and and he tries to take what's going on in the real world and insert it into the stories, but the characters are still comic booky and they'll and they'll joke around and and he warren doesn't take himself too seriously i don't feel like if um if i don't get something that 
Warren wrote, I don't feel dumb. And, and, and there are times where I'll read a Morrison book and I'm like, I, I, I must have missed something. Am I, I, I think I, Time, maybe you mean like the, like, like the last few days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're just, there are things where it's just like, what I either, either I completely blanked on something or I am, I am not as smart as I think I am, or I just am really dumb. And, and this is way, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, it, it, so I'm like, is this, who's this, like, is he, is he impressing himself or is he really trying to tell a story that we can all just agree that, hey, this was pretty fun? Like, I don't. Right. I there's, think there's, there's this he, heavy lifting he focuses a lot on the side dishes to the expense of the main course a lot. Like, we all know he's an idea generator. He loves these fantastic concepts and, and yeah. I do too. But. Like Warpedos and Scorpedos. Like, yeah, that's but they, that's funny, that think. does, n- those kind of things, like when, in, in the, in the one part, he said, oh, the Depresso verse. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this whole concept came out in, in a couple panels and then it was jettisoned. We, we, we never saw it again. And it, 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 he likes to drop these idea bombs into the story and they don't serve the story. Very I, more often than not, lot. they don't. And this is and and this is something that I've always struggled with. I mean, and, and hey, listen, my man, my man had a fucking convention, and and I mean, I he's got his fans, and I know people have written books about the stories Morrison has told, and and how they're all connected, and and I get that, and and I I respect it, but he is one writer. I feel completely has no understanding of the concept of self-edit. He everything that 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 he puts that that comes out of his his, his word processor has to be in the book. Though nobody ever says maybe we can scale back on this or maybe like you just said the espresso versus like hey that was a great two panels but where's the payoff with this and There and, is none. Right. It's right. at least so so I mean just it, there's but, obviously an editor on this but it, it's one of those things just because you came up with it doesn't mean Everything needs to be there. right, and and Snyder is falling victim to this too, recently. Well, with with uh, before you go on, let me say Snyder is absolutely falling victim to it. But <laughs> I'll I'll wait until I answer my view on Morrison. But I will say that Snyder ain't Morrison. Oh, of oh, course, no, 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 of course not. But the the thing that I to to recall Jason's comment about Quentin Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, how it was a work of restraint. I think the 12 issues of season one is Morrison very restrained. And that's why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, there's a ton of different concepts in there. But for the most part, they factor into the story. And I thought Morrison's portrayal of Hal is incredibly restrained. Hal very rarely says more than two sentences at a time. He could have had Hal be the mouthpiece for all this crazy going on, but Hal is is incredibly terse during this whole thing, which I thought was great. That was Morrison just pulling back a little bit and letting this sea of cool, interesting, viable concepts that weave themselves together into this 12-issue story without an ending... Um, I thought, I thought that season one was phenomenal in that respect where Morrison just 
stepped back just a little bit. It wasn't piled with layer upon layer of 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 strange concepts. And he pulled stuff from his other work, Final Crisis, Multiversity. Yes, that's good, right? Because we recognition, we've seen that stuff before. Right. So we yeah. don't have to go searching the wiki, Wikipedia to see what the hell he's talking about, right? That was definitely a plus. That all fell to shit with the three issues of Black Star. It's like he forgot where he was going. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was feeling it, but now I don't think I'm feeling it in the sense that for me, I, I personally speaking with this began losing the narrative well before Black Stars. Really? I, yeah, I, I, I thought by issues like mid eight, nine, I'm like, "Mm." and then the last three issues I thought, oh man, like. Like he just, uh, I'm like I got to reread this thing three times to try and make sure wow. I understand what he's getting at. See, I thought the last three issues were super exciting, wonderful. Well, I'm not saying they. they again, this is so. Let me get to my point about Morrison. I mean, so with Morrison, I, I've always said he, I think he is genuinely a genius. I do believe that. Uh, in in as much as his ability to process information and and creativity, um, I think. I do give him major points why he's up there in my all-time rankings list because um, where he's not Alan Moore, certainly, because Alan pretty much any genre he ever took, he was a master at. And also, I thought, never lost sight, whether it had been subconscious or conscious is up for discussion, but of of always making sure that the the book itself is entertaining at the, at the surface level. I mean, it doesn't say that he wasn't all about deeper ideas and complexity, but but if you just read the book and you were an average comic dude, you could have you could have under, enjoyed the narrative. Um, I think with Morrison, Morrison doesn't give a generally speaking, he doesn't usually give a fuck about making sure it's a cohesive narrative that pleases the average fan. Um, and, and I've seen plenty of people credibly argue that that is one of the reasons he is who he is and why it works so well because he doesn't care and he's not trying to give you a, a comic book experience like. 98% of everyone else that's ever written a comic book gives you. Um, and again, I, I, I see both sides of that discussion. All I know about Morrison is that it's rare that I'll read a Morrison comic and not see the Morrison handiwork, some of which is great, some of which isn't so great. And ultimately, where I don't ever go into with expectations is I accept that there's a chance I will be completely put off by it by the end, or I will think it's one of the greatest things I've ever read. Uh, he's capable of using his same tool set that he always uses in the same concepts, giving me either, either of those outcomes. And, uh, I've vividly experienced both of those outcomes, right? Like all star Superman, my favorite Superman I've ever read, like loved it, loved the concepts, thought final crisis was dope, thought multiversity was dope, love seven soldiers, you know, but sea guy, nah, I'm not trying to hear it, you know? Uh, right. You know, and, and there's other things. And again, what, what you, you may love about Morrison may be different from me, but I think he's capable when when he's it's almost as if he's vibrating in different dimensions at the same time. And when he's in phase, he gives you all the Morrison underlying complexity and genius with a candy coating that makes the whole thing feel amazing to have experienced when he's out of phase. He's you can see the sinew and the tendons and the heart beating right. what he's trying to do. But he has tr- he has he, he's left it grotesque to the average eyes. He is not worried about making sure that the embalmer has a pretty open casket at the funeral. Right. And so, 
Uh, yeah. So, and, and, and I think for me, this was more the, the, the latter than the former. Right. Well, a couple points just to go back to that, that David Bowie video that was making the rounds about never play to the gallery. Do not give your audience exactly what you think they want from you because, uh, it stifles creativity, it stifles experimentation and exploration. That is is true, I believe. But Morrison would be a liar if he said that he does not play to the gallery. He ex- he does because Morrison, as we know, has pillaged the DC universe for these ultra chestnuts that he pulls out of the past and sticks into the present. And it's like, oh, you sure know your DC history when. Chances are very good. He's just doing searches, right? Based on these obscure things that, uh, like Zurinar and the, the miracle machine. Um, Jim Shooter created the miracle machine and, and we've seen it in Final Crisis and he used it for that. And so he's taking these nuggets from DC past continuity and updating them to the present. That's great, but that's playing to the gallery. Long time readers. But Morrison does it in a way that seems novel because his language is unlike 99.9% of the people writing comics, right? So it feels new and it feels different, but he's definitely playing to the gallery. Um, I thought that him cannibalizing his own work in the 12 issues was wonderful. Like when when we got Earth 36... And Hank Hallmark. And then we got Earth 47 and Magic Lantern. Like, we've seen these characters from in Multiversity. And then when he used, I forget her name, the, the Green Lantern with the woman with the, the actual lantern. We've seen her before. And it makes sense that if we're doing a, a, a multi-dimensional tale centered on the Green Lanterns, it makes sense that she should be in this, right? And then he, he went into Elseworlds with the uh the batman green lantern mm-hmm. so it was yes i i recognize these things these are from the past wow you are clever so my enthusiasm was high for it but then when he just was on the cosmic treadmill again and he started spitting out all these concepts in um black stars if you're going to write a murder mystery and you do not give the reader ample information to solve the case on their own with the main character then it it fails, and Morrison puts these inserts these concepts in there. He he's like screaming from the back of the room. Here's this cool thing that I just thought of that I'm sticking in this this work, and it doesn't really apply to what's going on. But isn't it cool? That's when he loses me, because you don't have the recognition is not there. You don't have the ample information to at least discern what the hell's going on. It's all new and it makes no, it has no bearing on the story that drives me crazy about Morrison. And he's just planting seeds for future stories, which is nice. You know, it's cool because you know, there's a first time for every character. There's a first time for every concept. You need to experience things to experience them again, right? The recognition factor. So yeah, it, it, you need that in comics, but in the final act to litter the story with all these things that really don't matter, um, it just—it's a ruse. It's just 
padding out three issues when I thought they should have been inserted into the... Yes, it would have been longer than 12 issues. I get that. But there were a couple issues along the way that I thought may could have been replaced with the Black Stars proper, like slide everything back three issues and put the Black Stars in season one and have it illustrated by Liam Sharp. That was the major stumbling block with those last three issues was, for me, that they were not illustrated by Liam Sharp. I thought the art took a definite hit on those three issues. And it, it's like having a film, 75% of which is directed by Stanley Kubrick, and then the last 25% is directed by Michael Bay, right? It's, it's disingenuous to that story. It's a, it's a switch, right? And I'll be honest, I think the MVP of the Green Lantern season one is Liam Sharp. It would 100%. nowhere near be as entertaining or successful to me without Liam on the visuals. It's safe to say I probably would have tapped out because again, exactly. it, 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 it felt it was, you know, it was still Morrison being Morrison. And yeah, there, there are a lot of things that, you know, he, he builds upon or, or, or borrows to, to tell his story, but it's still, um, you know, cause it, it's again, I mean, final crisis wowed a lot of people and I, Enjoyed it, but it, it didn't knock me on my ass. I enjoyed Multiversity a little bit more. But even that was still him showing us he's the smartest person in the room. And and you're 100% right, Vincent, that the, the star for me is, is Leo. I, my favorite issue was probably number eight with the Green Lantern, Green Arrow team up. And, and just because that helped reinforce that this is one of the reasons why Hal Jordan is a favorite of mine is, is that yeah, beyond the Gil Kane stuff is that those issues where they shared the title. Um, and, and when you mentioned that, you know, Hal is very terse and he's not chatty at all. That reminds me of that because it, this is in green lantern, green arrow. He was the space cop. He was the, by the rules, by the book, it's I and mean, he was he was the conservative Republican to Ollie's liberal Democrat and right. and did this very much this issue number eight very much felt like that but the entire series where Hal is just I mean the, the the premise of the book is you know he's the intergalactic policeman that's he's 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 a cop and I don't know I don't know a lot of police officers who are extremely verbose and and it 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 helped kind of hammer that it it, it 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 helped ground the series for me and and with morrison's approach to the character it it, it looked like hell 100 thanks to liam but the um the hell's voice wasn't off he it, i i didn't i didn't dislike morrison's approach to hal jordan i i he had a great he's got a great handle on the character um but yeah, if if uh, if anyone else was drawing this, if we got a couple of issues of Liam and then a fill-in issue, or, or or he just kicked it off and then somebody finished the last eight or nine issues, I yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, right. Yeah, I, I, I think, was going to say that. Okay. No, I was just. I I think Liam Sharp is one of the few guys that matches Morrison in adventurousness, in complexity, in 
exploration and experimentation. I, all of the the adjectives you can apply to Morrison's style of writing, you can also apply to Liam Sharp's art. And I, so I think they're on an even keel. That's not always been the case with Morrison. You have this high concept guy writer that's poking right, at the yeah. the extremities of what's possible and always pushing them. Liam Sharp does the same thing. These pages do not look like traditional. The layout does not mimic traditional comic book layout. The 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 style of rendering is worlds away from the majority of the guys in the craft. I just think he's he's an incomparable talent. And I think this series was one of those rare occasions when the writer is on an even keel with the artist. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will say that I think that, uh, just to echo both of your sentiments for me, but da- I think I'm more on Dap's side. I mean, there was definitely moments in this run where I thought that Liam pulled me back in. Yeah. Like uh, Pacino. Um, <laughs> I, I, I loved so much of, of, of what he did visually um, that I often found myself just staring at a page uh, and then moving on mystified at what I had actually read, but enjoying having seen the page. Um, so I, yeah, I think he, he is amazing. And, and I think you're right in that he's this strange combination as Dap said, he looks very much at least in parts of this, like Neil Adams. And I think that that can't help, but just give you this giant umami bomb of nostalgia goodness, um, for anyone that, that, that thinks back to Neil's, uh, yeah time drawing and then at the same time for for me i think it made a lot of sense because of you know the you could have easily seen morrison and sharp pairing up and doing this kind of visual thing in uh you know marvel uk or 2000 ad back in the day right exactly yeah so yeah i think it it was this nice cross connect and i think he definitely did a great service to morrison in this um those two even like the things like the uh, i don't even i don't remember the the dude's name but like the uh, antimatter how um wow man yeah thank you that's like that is a grotesque visualization and it's great because it it stays with you or as if it was just a a, you know a mirror image of how right or like a how with dark you know, dark outfits and black, like, you know, I mean, like, like if Jim Lee drew it, right. <laughs> like, like it would have been like, it would have been like he drew, he would have drawn Hal Jordan all muscular and perfect. And then he would have like given him glowing black eyes and made his costume darker and maybe given him longer hair. Right. Like, like that would yeah. have been, whereas, you know, Liam makes him a grotesque nightmare, almost impossible to behold without freaking out. And that's, that's, that's fantastic. Well, the I was going to add that the double page sequence where Hallmark attacks the Quaman as the Frankenstein monster, and they throw him into the dark multiverse. Those two pages—that's a language we rarely get to experience in comics. Mm. I think mm. those two pages are glorious. Just I could talk. I could go on a half an hour about the design and the rendering and the 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 um, digital additions to it they're just amazing and so this was a treat on a lot of levels that we don't get to indulge in very often and so on that level i think the 12 issues 
was a, a genuine success. One, one, the one page you have the circular motif with all of the green lanterns gathered, and on the the next page you have the circular motif with the orrery, which, if you look at it in the orrery, the symbols for the Trinity are glaringly obvious. But whatever. But I'm just saying to to plan that far into ahead to make this page complement this page, like that's a that's a supreme talent. A lot of guys are just, how do I get through this sequence? But he's he's jacked it up a bunch of levels to how can I make this visually rich and complement the 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 facing page? It's it's uh, he ba- he boggles my mind how good he is, and I'm so glad that he's back because for a while we haven't seen a whole lot of Liam Sharp. At well, least. he did the um the the Batman Wonder Woman Brave in the Bold yeah, and he wrote that too. Yeah. Which, and that is just absolutely gorgeous as well. And he was doing stuff for Wonder Woman. But what I'm saying was, there was a Liam Sharp dry spell for a while. Mm-hmm. And just now I'm just so glad that I hope he really. Did you notice the Volk, the volcano headed lantern in Liam Sharp's run is a majestic creature? And then compare it to what we got in the Black Star. It's yeah. like, it looks like he has, he's like Match Head. Like, yeah. What is this? Have you not looked at Liam's designs? Like, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you mentioned the Green Lantern, Green Arrow issue. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ones I would have taken out. I, I oh, thought, really? Yeah, I thought that was... They were... All the links were strong in the 12 issues, but I think that link was not oh, yeah. not as strong as I the mean, rest of them he spends an issue on earth whereas yeah it's 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 the odd man out in the entire run um and we all know why it was done right to to nostalgia to to make right. us feel like hey this is the neil adams denny o'neill hard traveling heroes my only problem is that um uh, with, with all the research with all the history uh, that Grant does and, and, and Grant is aware of and has access to. Um, I don't I don't believe Ollie was making sauce. I, uh, Ollie's thing is chili. It's always, always was. No matter what you read, Ollie's always making chili. And here he hands Hal a spoon and, and, and Hal's like, wow, that, that sauce is outstanding. I'm like, what the, what the hell did I just read? Uh, or completely- Hal could be such a mendicant when it comes to... <laughs> You know, food that he's just like, oh, this sauce is great. It's not sauce. Probably call sauce it's gravy, chili. Right? Yeah, it's gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Hal's top level. There's not a lot of depth to Hal. Yeah, he, that's he, true. Yeah, he it's, sees got, a, it's got tomatoes in it. It must be sauce. He encounters a woman who, in all respect, he knows is not his Carol Danvers, but oh. he hits on her anyway. Carol, Carol Ferris. Or, sorry, Carol, Carol, Carol Ferris. Fer- yeah, old habits. And just because she looks like the woman he's spent a lot of time with, it's not. She's from a different universe. And yet he's just like, eh. you know, he's he's macking on her. It's like, God, you know, you're such a bro. Hal is a bro. He's a Which boy. is why it's amazing to me that it's one of David's favorite characters. Because <laughs> he wasn't, well, I, it's, oh, I know. It's hard I to know. explain, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, try, try, try to thrive to be something. Um, I mean, at least, at, at least thankfully nobody called Tom pie face, but it, it was a, um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, like, is probably 
it's 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 Gil's fault as as to why I'm in love with the character more than anything else. More more than whatever, more than his behavior, more than how he acts, more than the words that come out of his head. Um, it's it's Gil's the reason why Green Lantern is 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 so near and dear to me. But um, it's totally understandable. Yeah, I mean, but he is he he totally is. Um, but again, I mean, he's married to the job. He even says it. It's like, listen, I mean, you know, he, he, he loses the job at the gas station because it's a higher calling. And, and that's just, I mean, whether so it's his love life is going to take a backseat to it. I mean, he tried. He, he gave up the ring and and John and Guy and everybody else took over. But, you know, it, it's it's still it's still too strong. There's no he can't. And it's not like he's an addict. It's just he's. He's good at one thing, and and that's you know, even but even that, he's it's not like he, Hal Jordan isn't he's he's the Captain Kirk of Green Lanterns because he doesn't necessarily follow the rules of the Guardians. It's like he's he's a great Green Lantern, so he could be considered like like Kirk, one of the greatest captains in Starfleet. Hal Jordan is obviously the greatest Green Lantern, but every one of his missions off, is the Kobayashi Maru. He he just you know and and that's why they were like listen this is the one time this is you could you we we know how you'd like to do your thing and deviate and 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 skirt things but this is the one time you really really have to listen to what we're telling you and how we're laying it out and 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 it works out but you know he does not he's. He's just yeah he'll he'll save the day, but he's definitely going to fidget within the lines to get that done. Now see, I interpreted that a different way. I I took it as the guardians saying to him, "You know that thing you do every single time that pisses us off. Uh-huh. How you, you you we give you the list of things you got to do and you never do them. This is the one time we're telling you, at least outward appearances." To, to do the other thing. Like, they didn't expect that he would willingly join the Black Stars. And they didn't expect that he would orchestrate or play into this plan that made him look like a total shitheel and that he switched sides. That That's the thing that Hal always does. He, he does whatever he wants to do against the wishes of everybody else. Well, I thought that's... I took it as the Guardian saying, do that thing this time. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Right? You're going to seem like you're just Hal doing whatever you want to do, but in the end, you're doing what we want to do. Well, I mean, because it, it's is I explained to him for the first time in your life, we need you to do exactly as you are told. The rest, the rest will be up to you. So, so yeah, I'm not. I I I, I think you're right in 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 how you took it. It's like yeah, he he did. Because if the rest is up to him, what's he going to do? Yeah. yeah, true to form, he's going to deviate back to what he does. Yeah, so, he, so, they so knew he was going to go off the range, but, he, but they but had to make sure that he got to the range to go off of, or at least end in a spot where they anticipated. So you could do whatever you yes, want outside right, here. Right. Just make mm-hmm. sure you double back and get Just, to this spot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought the one shining moment, Hal's. Sp- Moment in the sun, the best moment out of the 12 issues was, I think it's issue 7, when he's in the ring, 
with Pengawir, and you can't wake the sleeping wizard Mirwadin, and it all works out at the end, and he kisses the frickin' ring. Kisses the ring. That was, I thought that moment was amazing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he recognizes the fact that there's an animating spirit in the ring, and of course, she doesn't know any fear, because that's the whole modus operandi of the, the green spectrum. No fear, right? N-O. And so he, he realizes that this, quote, woman, spirit, whatever she is, has been saving his ass from day one. And he, on a, on a level, I think he loves her. It. And that's why he kissed yeah. the ring. That was great. That was awesome. And it took, and that was not, you know, Sun Eaters cannibalizing uh, a star. And it, that was Morrison being human. Yeah. Which which was so atypical, I thought. I thought it was great. I did not expect that to double back to what we originally talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I I think it it would it would not uh, serve us well to go issue by issue into the plot and everything. Um, I, I think a lot of the twelve issues is best experienced fresh. So um, it's this grand scheme by Controller Mew to collect these five components to make something, something involving Hal, and it spirals into the three-issue Black Star series. Uh, and there's a lot of ups, uh, a lot of creatively rich moments along the way. Uh, but it was a, the three issues at the, at the end, they were a letdown. I thought... Injecting Superman and Jonathan into the mix was mm-hmm. not not a good idea. I mm-hmm. thought expending four or five pages on uh, Beelzebeth's history was too little, too late, or too mm-hmm. much, too much, too late. At that point, I didn't give a shit. Um, I mean, she's the cosmic space vampire woman. Uh, there was definitely an attraction between, on some level, whether he was feigning feigning it or not. Between her and Hal, they're set to be married. And then, oh, here's all about me. Like, what? Maybe you should have investigated that before you said you'd marry her. Like, it just Especially did, as a space cop, right? It just, yeah, yeah. just a background check, what? It just didn't make sense that it would appear so late in the run. Um, and, it, like, it, it, it felt anticlimactic to me. He was just throwing all these things at you in, in order to create another crisis. That's what this was. Mm. This was a, a yet another Crisis on Infinite Earths through Morrison's lens, and uh, at least the the lens of the Green Lantern, and it just yeah okay. And Batman even says it at, at one point. Oh great, uh, another crisis, wonderful. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I thought there was a lot of uh, meta commentary on oh, yeah. on comics in this thing. Yep. Which, but see, and that's the thing. It's like. You're gonna give me satire, then give me satire. You're gonna you're gonna give me subtlety where I have to infer it, and I think, oh, isn't that slick? That's a little deep cut right there. Give me that. I thought he didn't do either. I think he was on the nose with this crew. It was like, oh, I get it. Oh, look at oh, this is the point where Morrison reminds everybody that everyone else in the industry writes shitty comics. That yeah, don't go anywhere. Oh, right. And it's like cool, except you know, like I was saying, for good or for bad, you you know what you're getting with Morrison most of the time, and that's a Morrison thing. Dapp alluded to it like he he 
He's not. He is one of the smartest people in the room, but damn, he wants to make sure you see it that way too. That's yeah. like I and, said. He's the only writer that looks in the mirror and says, "Aren't you clever?" Exactly. Alan Alan Moore doesn't do that, and he yeah. is the cleverest. So, and that's the thing. I mean, I think you you can, and in fact, Morrison has done it far more far with with far more subtlety at other points of his career. Right? I mean, it's it's you talk about like his, his certain ideas he always goes back with. I mean, he has long. I mean, one might argue from the very beginning, he has all been all about the role of the creator in the process of the art of comics and where one becomes the other and um, and 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 the power of the creator to make it great or not great, depending. Right. I mean, this is all things he's done. He's played with a million times. So it's like it's like he had to remind you that this is one of the themes he likes to talk about. But he did it in like such an on the nose way. And I'm like, uh, oh, OK, you just. You just had your little your little spreadsheet open of themes you have to make sure you get in, and you didn't really have a good idea this time for how to, to how to play with that. So you're just gonna give us a few little on the nose pages to remind us that everybody else are dumb. Okay, cool. You know, and I just checked it off, and and I wasn't like mad at it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a Morrison thing, but but this time I noticed it in a way that I didn't find all that entertaining. And so, um, you know, the weird thing about Morrison is I never get mad or want to write him off when I read something that doesn't vibe with me with him uh, because. I know that he's uh he's like an NBA shooter who goes 0 for 13, but like the good ones will, will take the next five shots too because they just you know they believe every time it's going to go in that's how they have to. Morrison believes every time that he's about to pen a masterpiece, and like I said, he's done it enough that I'm willing to. I'm more than happy to to have a kind of want 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 experience with Morrison without and it will have absolutely no bearing on my willingness to go back for the next round. Um, whereas a lot of writers, I'll be like, oh no, okay, you know, fool me one. Like, 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 you know, we all joke about it. Like, no, you know, Charles Soule, lots of people like him. I mean, clearly he sells books. Clearly he's still getting paid. Like there, there are a lot, probably a lot of our listeners think he's great and that's cool. But for me, it's just, I read enough things from him and I felt, wow, I just, just my personal taste against his way of writing. It's like oil. It's just like oil and oil and, and, and water just doesn't. I, so now it would take a lot for someone. Someone would have to lobby hard, like one of you two or some one of our our, our booze that I really value your opinion would have to lobby hard over like a long night of drinking at a con and say, "I know you think this way about the dude, but you got to read this thing he just did. It's really special for me to bother at this point." Right. Whereas with Morrison, I I can read three shitty Morrison things in a row where I'm like not vibing it, and I'll be excited about the next thing because it could it could be Seven Soldiers, you know, right. it, it could be All Star Superman. Yeah, yeah, he's got that credit in the bank with you. It's and the you know it's, yeah. it's the higher highs. He he, for me, he swings and misses with grandly, but but I give him credit because he's he's like a he's like a slugger, right? He he he'll strike out four times in a row, but he's still going to try and hit that game winning home run, and like that's that's really all I think I can ask for a creator. Try and be great. I never doubt that Morrison's trying to be great. Whereas you take someone like a like a, a Warren Ellis. And Warren is a, a legitimately great writer in his own, of, of course. But the thing I get, it, it's, I guess I'm making a lot of uh, athlete analogies, so I don't know why. But, uh, but you know, there's guys on a team that that um, that have all the God-given talent in the world, but they just don't work hard. And as a fan, you, you see that and you hate it. Whereas you take a guy who's maybe not as great, he can't be a Hall of Famer, but he just busts his ass and you end up loving him. Uh, I, I give Morrison credit. He's always trying. I never get the sense he's phoning something in. 
Whereas a guy like Warren Ellis has absolutely, and he's fully admitted it, when he's getting a paycheck from from the big two, a lot of times he's it's just work. It's just yeah. he and he phones it in, and you can fucking tell. Like you read, you're like, oh, this is this is Marvel Warren, okay. Um, whereas obviously when he's inspired to do something, he's as great a writer as we've had in our fandom. I think he's capable of that. So. Um, so that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I'm always going to have a soft spot for Morrison as a, as a creator because I do think even when it doesn't come together, I don't think it's for lack of effort. Right. Um, I'll equate it in music terms because that's my main language. Morrison to me is like Robert Fripp. Fripp is an amazing guitar player, but sometimes he's too clever for his own good. Mm-hmm. And ponderous, dense, impenetrable sequences of notes that you just cannot no one can wrap their head around to him may seem like a virtuoso performance but to the audience what the hell are you doing this 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 sounds like work to my ears i I can't crack this code that's what morrison is to me but the performance is always rich a lot of times it just doesn't connect so going into a Morrison work, I expect to be challenged. I expect a good amount of novel concepts. I, I expect the language to not be on the same level with the majority of other things I've read. That's what I expect. Whether he succeeds or not, I think more, like J- Jason said, more often than not, he does. But I think the fact that we notice his failures are because, uh, you know, so resoundingly was because the bulk of his output is so great, right? You always know, you notice when the pros miss that shot because they don't often do that to go with the sports thing. And uh, I, I still love the guy and, and I loved 1 to 12. I thought they were great. It's just that that last, that three issues at the end, the Black Star thing was problematic and it exposed a lot of the things a lot of the the perceived shortcomings in Morrison to me. Mm-hmm. You know, your mileage may vary, you guys at home. You, I'm sure there's a lot of people that actually liked the Black Stars Mini. I did not. It had no value for me whatsoever. I, at one point, I believe it was halfway through issue one, I'm turning pages and I, I'm immediately forgetting what I'm reading. Like I was on autopilot issue two. I can't even tell you what happened in issue two <laughs> for the most part, because a lot of it, like the, the section with the, um, the, the backstory for Beelzebeth, I the vampires. I, I can't tell you what happened because that those blocks of text, I was just zoning out. I did at that point. I didn't care. I just, mm-hmm. It didn't resonate with me at all. And then the whole Jonathan, Superman family problems thing was like, oh, you didn't give me enough clues. You didn't give me enough information. This should have been seeded through, like, did we know that Beelzebeth loathed Superman? I didn't. No, you didn't know that in the 12 issues. And that all just came out in the end. Oh, I hate this guy. I'm going to eat the planet. Okay. Was there any among us that read the 12 issues and thought, this Beelzebeth, she's on the up and up? No. 
Of course not. She's a space vampire. Why would she be legit? <laughs> you know. You're, you're like, she's a space vampire. Of course she's no good. Seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, she's not Morbius. But uh, I, it just, it, it was so disheartening to read those three issues because I was jacked to the max going in. And then I didn't know that Liam Sharp didn't illustrate them because I saw his work on the cover. I didn't. Right. Think to read. I knew because of previews. Well, I, I don't. Read. No, I saw Liam. I know. I know. But so I'm I like, all right. I knew it was drawn. Here we go. Black. I mean, Dark Phoenix. Not a stretch. We've seen this before. You know, the good heroes turn bad, and they're corrupted by this this new um, controller muse plan. You know, not a novel idea. But I thought at the hands of Liam Sharp, and it's a mini crisis. Wow, this is going to be a blow. You know. Blow the doors off, knock down, drag out. This is going to be awesome. And it was anything but. It was totally anticlimactic. And as far as details, I got nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't remember too much of what happened in Black Stars. I was just trying to get through it. That's not the sign of a good comic. So I've been telling you all weekend. Yeah. So you look at my Slack and I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's. Oh, no, I I'm, saw your Slack, but I didn't right. want. When you tell me, oh, man. Having a hard, I, I wanted to like this more You're than like, I just want to go back to reading the authority. Yeah, more than I was like, uh oh, block that out because no, yeah, and that's and I hate doing that because I don't want to, I don't want to color your view on it, if, yeah, you especially if you haven't read it for the show. Save it for right. the show. That's Jason's big one. That's a good one. Save it for the show because the 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 slightest uh, commentary, whether good or bad, out of either of your mouths will definitely cloud my perspective going oh, really? in. Oh, I mean, I don't want it to be true, especially in your sure. case, but um, it is. Well, you know, getting back to your initial question about expectations, you know, as I look back on our time together, the there are most of the time I am either, I'm either totally fine with whatever your reaction is to something we're talking about or I had a supposition, and because I know you all well, it played out. But there have been rare instances, and I'm sure for the two of you, where you all have, and this is more more about when you don't like something, where you've disliked something that I fully love and expected you guys to at least appreciate. And uh, talk about expectations, like when I know that going in, it's it's hard because then I feel like we're out of sync, like our cosmic treadwheel yeah. treadmill isn't, isn't, isn't running together. And, and again, like most of the time I'm fully fine. Heck, I, I mean, a lot of times we all disagree with about stuff, or at least in terms of the magnitude of what we may do something with. And, um, but you know, and, and all jokes aside, like I remember when we did the next wave, like I was I just going to say today. that. Yeah. I yeah. knew you two didn't like it and it hurts my heart. Like I can't go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> well, that's the thing you get, I was you so, get hit I, hard. No, I'm saying this is my expectations. Like normally I'd be like, Oh, it is what it is. I In fact, if you like, Oh, I didn't like that. I'd, I'd, I'd give you shit back for, it. but in that case, I knew early in the week that neither of you liked it. And I was thinking about it the whole week and thinking, Oh, it's going to be like, I want to celebrate next wave. I love this book. And then, and, and, and I'm sure it plays to you guys too. Cause even though you were being honest about the things you didn't like about it, you knew it was crushing me. So you didn't want to just be like, oh, this thing is a piece of shit. Like, you know, like, no, I like, would never do that. No, no. But I'm saying we have – we're generally positive more than negative. That's one of our things. But but we have had 
episodes where we have collectively like shat on something because it just all we're like, oh, that was the, you know, in, in fact, some of the books of the month, right? We're like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Um, DuckTales. But, yeah. Yeah. But when, when, when I, in that case, I was like, oh, like every t- I knew that we had to spend, because again, it's part of the Patreon, like the book of the month, you have to spend the episode going deep. And it's, it's one of those rare instances of the 600 plus episodes we've done where, I was like cringing because I'm like, oh, like I was thinking I was simultaneously bothered by the fact that I was worried you guys were couching your words because you knew it was bothering me. Or I was also bothered by the words. (laughs) And I'm like, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah. But it is what it is. Like I could laugh about it now because it's ridiculous to ever assume that with the three of us and the the tens of thousands of things we've all collectively read uh, over our experiences that we're ever going to. It's impossible for us all to always agree uh, on all things. I mean, obviously, but, uh, but every now and then, you know, you have expectations for something. It'd be like, if, uh, again, I'm sure like both of you, right. If I, if, if I came on one day unbeknownst to to you and said, Oh, you know, Josh bear is the biggest joke ever. I hate his stuff. Right. Like you would have crushed your soul. Right. Like, not really. No, mm. no. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, okay. I, I would good. be, I would be disappointed. Yes. That right. you didn't and I recognize. And I bring that example up just because it's a And also, I had a. And also, I didn't. Uh, I, I think we talked about it, but I don't know if I. I should shout him out because I know he does listen often. I. Um, he did an amazing Taskmaster commission for me. Yes. Uh, totally jealous. Week. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. But and and he was incredibly easy to deal with too. Like, hit him up. He was like, "What up, dude? What you want to do?" We threw a couple ideas. He was feeling the Taskmaster. I don't think he. I think he said he'd never drawn him before. He he, dude, he was done in like forty eight hours, and he had the package in the mail the next day. Yeah, he was a, incredible. Come on, he's a professional. Oh no, totally. I'm saying but, but it was it was awesome. It was it was it was one of those those great experiences from start to finish. Back to the topic of each other's um, expectations. When Dap may let slide that he he was feeling some kind of way about something. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I take Dap's commentary with a much bigger grain of salt than yours because not to be mean but dap could be set off by the position of wolverine's claws <laughs> sure no i'm not no, I'm, sure, I'm, sure. I'm i'm seriously and, 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 not being mean and and, and that says to me that well maybe something in the in the the book is just not resonating with him or moved him into the dark spaces so that's why he didn't like it but when jason's flat out says i didn't like it then i'm more wary going in (laughs) no because you are not as what's the word persnickety i don't i don't or or, nobody is i mean yeah seriously there's there's nobody nobody is going to be as as nitpicky with something than i am and i i I freely admit that i know that something it will not take much if i'm not feeling something it will not take much for me to be turned off by it and, 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 and look for that as an excuse to say, well, then I'm fucking, I'm out. And, and when I, when I make, I would never make those comments in our Slack. I would rather, because that, that's a waste of time. I don't, I don't want you to read something and go, Oh, okay. So the fucking claws came through the knuckles again. I don't, I, I wouldn't <laughs> waste my time on the Slack for that. That's something I'd offhandedly mention on the show itself when we're all together. If I'm going to, if I'm going to say I'm not feeling something like I did with black stars, then the nets that's because I'm, I'm really not feeling it. Not because I didn't care for the part in Hal's hair. This is one of those things where 
I'm I'm very surprised that and you of all people, Vince, that if I were to make a comment before we discuss things on the show, that you would that that would give you any sort of pause. Because I don't I I, I find it very I I don't knowing how you feel about spoilers specifically, things like that, I I am I'm a little surprised that if you read my comments on something that that would like you, you, you'd force well, yourself, you know, you, you put your hand up so you won't see your screen so you can keep scrolling through. I, I, I'm anything that I would say or anybody would well, say. No, I, I would, I, no, you especially. I take, I'm, I'm very aware of your knowledge. You, what you, the things you say mean things to me. You're one of the few people in the world where the, I actually am concerned about your comments. So yeah, of course you're going to register with me. If you say, God, you know, the art in this sucks. I go in, la, 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 not trying to think about that. But the right. fact that you said it, it's there. You can't unhear something. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. right. You so, so I will, I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of that now. And, and I, I always thought that it would just be water off a duck's back. I didn't think. No, anything. I, I'm, I'm not inhuman. So but, but if I was going to, to opine about something we're, we're going to talk about, that before saving it for the show i i wouldn't think that that would color your well no i care about you why wouldn't it well i appreciate it because because this is these are these are stories these are just you know these are words and drawings on paper that you know you're going to you're going to experience it for yourself right you could block out the but, outside but one of my best friends found fault with it how am i not right. going no, to okay no, I and, I, and I'm I not saying don't do it anymore. No, I'll like, be honest. A lot of times I'm like mm, the eye roll, you know. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, Ali's <laughs> laces were not green when they should have been green. Uh, but you can't unsee or unhear things, so they're there. And I go in with them. Not they're not at the forefront of my perception, but somewhere in the back room behind the buckets, it's there, right? But uh, so. I guess long, long, long story short, I can find value in something if a slice of the whole, if I find that slice memorable and something that's going to stick with me, if for nothing else, the twelve issue run, which we've we've uh, commented on its its uh, wonderfulness, you've just heard it. Even if the story stunk, which it doesn't. The fact that Volk, that one thing, Volk is an awesome character. Yeah. And that's that's my takeaway from this. It was a great story, but that Volk, he's got a volcano for a head. <laughs> and and I find myself, as I'm reading his dialogue, I'm doing the... Like, I'm, I'm making the, the bubbles in my... And, and the, the hisses. I just think it's a great character great characters don't come along all the time yes That's it's true. it's a variation on a theme understood but he has a volcano for a head i think it's a great awesome i want to see a volk miniseries or series he's just a great character so yes that is that's the the little glittering jewel in the season one crown for me but that's not to I don't want it to overshadow just how great the 12 issues is because I, I genuinely think that it is a wonderful 12 issues. It is. Yeah. They are. So there you go. If you get a chance, um, it was released in two 
hardcovers. I don't know where Black Stars is going to end up, and I frankly really don't care. But yeah, hopefully they'll save it for, for, for the big honking omnibus and just shove it in there. Yeah, yeah maybe. At the end of uh, Volume 2, they include the Green Lantern Annual with art by Giuseppe Camancoli. Yeah. It's a slog, man. It's I I the only like I told you the only positive was it um it reminded me of the old days where you know the airwave the the, the eight page backups in the old DC books and I remember reading Airwave because he's he's Al's cousin and yeah. or brother's nephew or some <laughs> shit but it, it's the, um, <laughs> or some shit yeah, some <laughs> shit but you know I, I was like hey that, that's the because I'm pretty sure it's the first time I've seen him since you know. To hell, the eighties. So um, that was neat to see, but it was it that I mean for that felt to me more out of place. Than, I mean, it, it yeah. kind of the concept kind of sort of works with, with with what Grant was doing with the rest of the series, but it was not. It 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 mm-hmm. it was it felt like an inventory story. I think it was one of the most decompressed things that Morrison has ever written. You don't get concepts flung at you every page it's just a straight story really yeah. i mean albeit strained through morrison's unique sensibilities it it wasn't challenging it wasn't novel it was eh, whatever it, it, it was an annual in the worst sense of yeah. the term yeah mm-hmm. but uh I didn't read it. so and if we have nothing else to say let's keep this episode tight and right well, we got a, we got one more thing to do. What do we have? Oh, yes, we have a little yes, thing, a, thing, a thingamajig. Well, why don't you yes. roll with it? Well, everybody loves a good list, right? Am I right? Listicles, absolutely. So we have a list for tonight, in keeping with the theme, and that is our top five favorite non-Earthling Green Lanterns. Love it. Drum roll, please. Do you want me to insert that in post? I could do it. No. But I, I, are you pausing because you had forgotten to do this, Vince? N- no. <laughs> no, no. You're quickly trying to think, oh, what the fuck did I say? Can I say chip five times? But uh, yeah, listen, this is not a, uh, we did not, this is not an in depth um, fanzine flashback of these. We're not going to give you, or at least I'm not going to give you who's who. Uh, deep biographies of them it's just pretty simple just didn't didn't give it a ton of thought i mean i thought about it all week but i didn't like i didn't like come up with 30 and then rank them and uh you know it was pretty much there were six or seven that i was toying around with and i i a couple hours ago I said all right this is the list this is the five i know dad hates when we try and have ties and sixes and runners up and honorable mentions so i got five five okay who wants uh, to go first? Do they have to be green, do they have to be Green Lanterns? Yes, yes, that's the exercise. Oh, uh, some of mine are Red Lanterns. That doesn't count. Oh, uh, but they're great characters. I'm sure they are. How could you There's have a list of favorite lantern. favorite lanterns and not put Dexter? Green Lanterns. Oh. Members of the Green Lantern Corps. Okay. So if you wanted to throw Sinestro at us, I'd be like, okay. Well, yeah. Sinestro is definitely in my list. Okay. I mean, that's stretching it a little, but he was a Green Lantern, so okay. sure. Sure. But the, it, were the Red Lanterns also Green Lanterns? Uh, no. No. Mm, you're out. Not all of them. 
No, I know not all of them. I'm saying the ones on Vince's list. I'm saying he could cheat if, if they were actually... No, Dax Star was never a Green Lantern. <laughs> Unfortunately. No orange, no, no Larflees. Can't, yes. Right. All right. So you give your list while I mentally rework mine. Okay. Uh, well, I'll go first since since I threw the list out. Uh, number five. Listen. Sometimes the chalk is the chalk because it's the right answer. So how could I not have Mogo on the list? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, a good I one. know every I know everybody's gonna be like, "We well, got Mogo." I understand that, but it's it's fucking a sentient planet, and there's been some litty stories done with mogo like Truth. really fun stories so he's number five i could have put him higher but because i figured that would be the one everyone expects us to have on there i, I i'm gonna throw him in there at number five how about you dad uh for my number five um because i didn't rank him i just had him real quick uh you know for my number five i'm gonna go with north yeah that was mine too okay g apostrophe nr yeah good yes So that's that, yours as well, man? Yeah, yeah, I like Gnort a lot. So he's gonna be your number five? Yes. On your all apply list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um number four is uh who some would say the greatest Green Lantern of all time, or at least potentially would have been, uh Saddam Yacht. Hmm. Wow. Basically basically Superman with a with a ring. Yeah. Is basically what he is. Uh, I think John did a great job with him when he was telling many years of Green Lantern tales, and uh, I like the idea of Superman Green Lantern. So, Sedanya, cool. That's a good one. Sometimes known as Ion. Yeah, yeah. Um, my number four uh, would be um, Saranic Natu. Sexy doctor. Because she is hot, yes. Yeah, she's very hot. Sinestro's <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah, Patrick Gleason. Uh, yeah, Sinestro's daughter. But uh, but yeah, Patrick Gleason, what he did for her, to her, uh, for me in uh, Green Lantern Corps is uh, much appreciated. But yeah, she is a, uh, with the low cut, yeah. It's a good look. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of my favorite aliens. Okay, so I'll swap out Dexstar. <laughs> and I'll, I'll keep it in the animal kingdom. And for my number four, I'll go with Chip. I knew it. Uh, I was, yeah. I'm glad someone did. All right. He okay, was on my respect. list. Yeah. Respect. All right. My number three is uh, Salak. Salak? Salak. I don't know how you say it. Salak? Or, yeah. Salak? Yeah. Yep. S-A-L-A-K. Yep. Uh, listen, he's the brains of the group, right? The level head, the analytical, some, somewhat of the, of the, well, it depends on the run, but at some points, basically the tactical leader of the team uh, from the, uh, you know, from the operations desk and, uh, yeah, he's a dude that uh, is super smart in spite of, you know, or in addition to having the ring. So I uh, I, I can relate to that. It's, it's, he's an appealing dude. A little weird looking, but Very always weird. does. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, as much as, as Hal could be considered by the book as far as not wanting to break rules, Salik is, is the guy who make sure you, you you don't. I mean, he always walks around with that damn book. And he was he was definitely the stick in the mud in the old Green Lantern Corps days when, when the series was renamed. But um mm-hmm. I had I you know, it was all Keeper of the Book of Oa. Yes. Yeah. Uh 
It's a good pick, bro. Um, I am going to go. I'm going to keep it with uh, on the planet uh, Korgar, uh, Cat Matui. Oh, that was right. That was number six for me. Wife of John Stewart. Nice. So we're on number three. Yes. This character is uh, too new to be any higher, but I love him so much. As I said, I'm going to go number three with Volk. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, I love the character. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, okay, number two, uh, another chalk pick, but again, it is what it is. Kilowog. Yep. Gotta have Kilowog. Exactly. He's awesome. Yeah, he's my number two too. That is a good one. Um, my number two is uh, Arisha. Arisha Rob. Ah, how could yes? Low cut, low cut, and lovely. All about the, the the pedophilia in uh, in, in in Green Lantern. <laughs> yes, DC Comics, where, where where pedophiles matter. It's it's great. I mean, it's I mean she she but she ages really she, really slow. She, well, well, but then she uses her ring to force herself to yeah. um, be of age for Hal because of the crush. But um, yeah, that's uh, but yeah, I mean, I can thank Joe State for that. It's um, it was it was uh, Scooby Doo and Arisha. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Done. All right. Uh, you already said two is yours as Kilowog as well. Okay. So my number one, great mind to think alike, Dap already said her, Sorenak Natu is my number one. Number one? Yes. Wow. Yes. I think she had one of the best arcs in Johns' run, I think, of all the characters, including the Earth Green Lanterns. I think she had one of the most epic and important arcs in that. And for me, that's my favorite Green Lantern ever is all the Green Lantern core stuff. And that was, you know, uh, and again, I anyone that is nostalgic for prior runs that I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I probably just haven't read a lot of it. But uh, but for me, when I think of Green Lantern and the only time I was really excited to read it every chance I could was was during that what was it, five to six, seven year run that he did. So. Cool. Uh, I it's I'm I'm. I'm torn because I really do want this one to be my number one, but I know him only because of his, um, because he's such a great nemesis uh, for Hal. But um, I, I'm going to keep it with Green Lanterns. Then my my number one is uh, Tamari. Oh, you're going to say Sinestro. I was, I was, but, but I got. I um. No, I, that's okay. See, I, I think Sinestro is actually okay. I, he is, but he, it's it's we only know him because I mean, yes, he was a great Green Lantern, but um. I know, but do but, we know? I mean, don't we know? Sure, yes, but if you're going to play the cement, I mean, we know a hell of a lot more about Sinestro in his his core of his being than we do like Gnort or you know or or you know what I mean? Like like we. So if you're going to like, I think you know Sinestro like. You can just because you didn't read a lot of stories with him wearing the green. I mean, most of the other ones that we're naming, how many stories did we read of them at all? Right? I mean, even but like they've only, but they've pretty, but they've only been Green Lanterns. It's it's. No, I know it, what you're saying. I get it. I, I it's 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 a dapism. You're putting your own layer of semantics. Fine, Sinestro. Sinestro. Damn it. <laughs> No, that's okay. You can both say Sinestro. Well, my, how many, how many yeah. times? How many ties have we had the, the, tonight? My that's number why the one. Sinestro Core War was so fucking litty. Yes, my number one by a landslide is the Namor 
of the emotional spectrum, <laughs> and that is Sinestro. All he, Sinestro. He just cares about his home planet, right? Wants yeah. to make sure everything... Uh, Atlantis, anybody? Just wants to make sure that uh, everything's all shored up at home. And the only reason, I think, that Sinestro did not remain a Green Lantern was because they took it away from him. Like, the, he he becomes a Yellow Lantern because he wants to lead. He wants to show them, yes, I was the best of that green thing. And now I, I have my own uh, color of the emotional spectrum to uh, to show you that I, I'm the best guy in, in the sector, in the, in the universe. Love Sinestro. Uh, yeah. He is a great character. If, if, if the challenge was just uh, favorite characters from the Green Lantern universe, yeah, I mean, Sinestro. Phew. Yep. I mean, the man. I mean, there's a lot of one-offs, right? There, there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot well, of that's why I said great... Torquemada. Torquemada's a green. Yeah. Green yeah. Boudica, yeah. you know, as you said, Salak, there's great, great characters, but I don't, I don't think many of them, like the green man, they don't get enough right. space like to develop. Like the Lost Lanterns, which was dope, right? Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure there's probably people, although they're probably not listening to our show because they'd be a little too young, but there are probably people that are going to, Die on the Simon Baz Hill, right? Yeah. Or now, Jessica Cruz Hill. If you, no, if because you, like that's who their first experience in Green Lantern. Yes. It gets back to the Kyle Howe thing or the yeah. or the or the the, the Wally Barry thing, with right? The, I mean, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. it's it's it, just because it's absolutely incom- incomprehensible for you to see one of those archetype as the as the uh it just depends on when you read it. It's for me, my favorite example of that is the X Men cartoon, right? Uh, oh. I, I am I but I am but well, Dap and I—I I mean, we are like a year or two beyond the age group that was pulled in by that. Like, yeah. we just missed that, right? Whereas anyone like that's forty right now, from down to maybe mid thirties, if they're a comic nerd, a good reason they probably are is because of that X Men cartoon. And the thing that makes it crazy for me is that I think it's a legitimately bad cartoon. Like it's yeah. like it's not that I didn't watch it when it was coming out. It's that I have tried to rewatch it multiple times, and it's a terrible it's cartoon, it's, it's including awful. the animation. It's like yep. pretty bad animation. But y- people will cut your throat if they hear you say that. There are people that will that will ride or die by that as the reason they like X Men. They comics. got into comics, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're really? not wrong either. It's just for me, it's like woof, you know. And it, it's it, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's there's um, it, these are every, every comic is someone's first, and and if that just happens to be, if that comic happens to have, um, you know the 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 red and blue Superman, then that's what you know. Right, red, right. Electric Superman is their favorite, and and I mean they're familiar with the, all the other Superman stories, but that's that holds a special place in their heart, and and yeah. I can't. I mean. I, I, I was listening to a um a, a wrestling podcast uh, today when I was working outside, and they were talking about uh, uh there were, you may know this but for our listeners who don't uh, Larry Zonka not the football player uh, but a guy with the same name um, was a long time uh, writer of uh, for for pro wrestling pro raps he was a he basically reviewed every wrestling match you can ever imagine and he did it every week for years and years and years. Consider one of the guys. He passed away, uh, unfortunately, recently. And they were kind of, uh, they were well, they weren't kind of, they were they were eulogizing him. Um, and uh, they were talking about how um, 
his consistency that he was doing this for decades and um, a lot of his peers or his competitors went away. And one of the hosts had a really thoughtful view on that was like, well, you have to remember uh, professional wrestling had these eras and a lot of us like the hosts, you know, we we stuck through all these different eras because we love it. And the reason I bring this up is because I think it's very analogous to comics. Um, he said, but then there was a whole nother wave of people that fell in love with pro wrestling during the Monday Night Wars, mainly because of WCW and NWO. And they came up in Attitude Era and they all, they like in that little window of time, that was their first experience with wrestling. So once that all went away and then Vince went to the PG because he wanted to be family, that like the, the, that that millions of people that were super into it also completely went away because it was just anathema to them. Like it was because they didn't have any kind of nostalgia for the, for the medium beyond that. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think that's like that with a lot of pop culture and comics too. So there are people that were nineties image kids. I'm sure that just never read another comic in their life. Cause like it just moved on. Right. But some of us that were there before and then saw it as just another step in the long line of, of comic, moments and evolutions we stuck with it dealt with it and moved on to the next thing right but i but a lot of fans just step in for an error and then they're out it's true true yeah if you open this up to other colors man my list would be very different sure yeah like i would have bleas very high up you'd have lot bleas on there yeah i, I like bleas a lot only because well not only because but it i Maybe mean these space vampires no she she evokes uh, Lilith from Darkstalkers or yeah, yeah. Serene mm-hmm. from Devilman, and she's hot. And, yeah. and they fleshed her out, I think, more than adequately in you know the over the years, especially in Red Lanterns. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think she's an awesome character. Dexstar, like, how could you not like a, a, a lantern cat? It it's it's great. It's great, but um, he's just uh, it is just usually used for color. So there's not a whole lot of character development in Dexstar. It just looks cool. Right. But yeah. So we, I think if you're going to open it up to color, the list would be, it would have to be at least top 10. Well, it'd have to be Kyle Rayner at the top, right? Cause he's the, he's the master of all colors. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like, I don't even pay attention, but I think he's kind of ascended, right? Or he was, he had for a while ascended into this, Yes, like he was the lone White Lantern, but he was kind of like the, the he was like the, the the big man on campus, right? He's the only one to master all of the colors. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Because he's an he's an artist. Why shouldn't he master all the colors? There you go. Yeah, read into it. Makes sense. Although, isn't white the absence of color? Uh, no. <laughs> what? White white is all colors. Oh, black. Black's the absence of color. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. There you go. There you go. All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this. In the meantime, let's give a round of applause, snap, 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 for our patrons, because they yes. are the ones who made this possible. Yep. Uh, check them out at patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Nice. We doing in your travels? You got anything? I sure do. Well, then yes. tell them. All right. Um... One of our longtime fans and uh, patrons uh, came to my rescue. I had mentioned on the Twitter that I was uh, three volumes um, 
out on my complete 2000 AD annual collection. And he hit me up on the Twitter and he's like, okay, I have them and I'll send them to you. Uh, but not only that, he sent me two packages from the UK, one of which I received, did not get the annuals yet. But in his other package that he sent me, he gave me four issues of House of Hammer. Wow. Yes, it, it is a British horror-themed magazine to rival the Warren publications, uh, published in the 70s, and I read House of Hammer number eight. I'm not going to get too far into it because it is an mm -hmm. anthology and there's there's a lot of things to um, on which to chew. But a couple comments. John Bolton's work has never been better than what he did in the 70s. John Bolton in the 70s was a maestro, a virtuoso, like, oh, this guy. It, 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 I don't want to say it looks nothing like his work that followed, but I think um, he peaked in the, in the 70s for me. And one of the stories that I read was Father, Sa Father Shandor, who, if you know your Hammer film history, was a monk that was in Dracula, Prince of Darkness, the movie. And they, what they thought, wow, this is a great character, a gun-toting, black magic investigating monk. Let's make a series of stories from this character. And that's exactly what they did. Father Shandor in Spawn from Hell's Pit, illustrated by John Bolton. Oh, my God. It, it's just a wonderful story. It's very simple. Um, while he is a monk, Father Shandor is not reluctant to investigate the dark arts in order to arm himself against his enemies. Speak their language and you have a better chance of beating them. But the the higher ups within the the the, the cloister or whatever you call a uh, uh the abbey, a bunch of monks, they're like, you can't do that. That's not good. That's dark arts. You, you're not supposed to look at that stuff. It's verboten. And he's like, nah, man, we got a problem. One of our acolytes here is is investigating uh, the dark arts and just happened to conjure something in his room, so we got to get rid of it. And they're like, nope, 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 you are forbidden. So he takes it upon himself to banish the uh, the demon from the uh, the place, and in doing so, finds himself banished from the order as well. And I think it, it speaks to me, um, a guy who professes to believe one thing while not discounting the polar opposite of which he believes. He, he fir firmly recognizes that there is great power in the dark arts, and he uses it to combat them. And I think that's wonderful, a guy who is a holy man, but says, you know, yeah, there's something to that dark stuff. And I want to know what it is, because I want to extinguish all this blackness or darkness from the planet. And it's just a great story, uh, among other great stories in this. So big, big, big thank you to Andrew Wilson for sending these to me. Um, you made my damn day and took me back. And I didn't have any of these issues that you sent me. I have, I have a good amount of the... Uh, I think it's 19 issues of House of Hammer, but I did not have any of the ones he sent me. So thank you, my brother. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, I don't really have anything of, of no for your travels. I read The Authority, because um, that's what I'm presently doing for, for this week's Book of the Month episode. Um, I have pulled 
a bunch of things that I plan on reading once that's done. Um, among them, and this was solicited by IDW, if not the pre, if not the last previous catalog we got, then the one before it, it's it's their facsimile edition, similar to their first issue of of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, which was in the magazine format. But this would be the DC graphic novel Star Trek: Dead of Honor by Chris Claremont, Adam Hughes, and Carl Story. I've I'm, I've pulled that out so that I can read that as soon as I'm done with um with the authority, and hopefully I'll be able to speak on it in an upcoming episode but yeah i'm just you know to find something that you haven't checked out or been putting off and go ahead and read that as, as in your travels and 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 um i am also um because even though there's tons of new things that um i need to watch i have uh have decided to put some of those things push them to the side and i am re-watching fringe uh-huh. There we go. Um, what's that? What? That's what? interesting. Why? Uh, for no other reason than I want to hear how it ends, because I kind of tapped out the last season. Oh, yeah. I've tapped out three times in the middle of the first season. just can't, can't connect with it. I've tried. can't. don't know why. We've talked about this before. I just don't. Yeah. For some reason, I can't. Um, in your travels... Uh, as has been, I guess, a running theme because they were kind enough to give us a bunch of review copies of their graphic novels. And this was published by Image Comics, written and illustrated by Remy Boydell. Um, it's 920 London. Um, this is Remy Boydell's first solo graphic novel. Um, she was the uh, illustrator of uh, Pervert, which is written by Michelle Perez that uh, Vince may remember was uh, a frequently was, was syndicated in the Island. Yep. Brandon Graham's book. Um, and then it was later collected uh, and finished as a graphic novel itself. But, um, but uh, similar theme uh, for those that weren't familiar with the pervert, it was a look at uh, transgender sex workers. And in this uh, 920 London Remy, uh, gives us a tale of uh, two 20-something roommates named uh, Hannah and Kiki. And they are uh, in London. They're London club 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 kids. They are trans as well and former lovers, now best friends. Uh, and it's a look into a few weeks of their life. Um, they're both very broken people. Um, uh, Hannah's kind of gothy and and uh clearly has deep mental issues uh, including severe depression and a lot of the book for her is spent trying to hide the fact that she's grossly jealous of uh kiki's new the people that now catch kiki's eye uh having been her ex but also trying to self-medicate by growing mushrooms in their flat in the bathroom uh, and there's Remy goes into great detail at points about the process of trying to grow mushrooms and the complexities with which one must undergo to, uh, to do that. Uh, and then, um, and then Kiki is a little bit more of your stereotypical club kid. She is, uh, cute, petite, a little vapid, um, 
definitely up and down emotionally, but but generally always on a quest for uh, some something to fill the hole, whether it be uh, a lover or uh, a higher rung on the social scene. Uh, she's convinced she's going to move to LA and become a star. She doesn't say she's going to move to LA and become an actress or a singer. She's going to go to LA and become a star, that type of thing. Um, and uh, it's it's in a way, I think, a snapshot of a certain period of time and what it was like to be a club kid and trans in that era. Um, visually speaking, uh, you get a good you can you can Google and see Remy style if you're not familiar. Uh, this is I should mention this is an anthropomorphic book. As well as the pervert, basically Remy seems to have because they both books were drawn the same way. Um, um, they're they're cat like mainly, um, but they're the faces have been I've seen described appropriately as looking like Snoopy with hair. Um, some of the characters look a little bit more like they're from a Garfield strip, but but it's it, that's that kind of visual anthropomography, if that's a word. Um, it's very. Yeah, and I will give uh, I will give Remy credit. Um, uh, it's it's all watercolor, so it's uh, painted. It's it's quite nice visually. I think uh, there's definitely some talent there. Um, the thing I'll say about it is it's one of those things where we talk about expectations. I had no expectations going in about this. I I not I was familiar with the pervert, but it was new, and 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 Remy didn't write it. So this is my first experience reading something that they wrote. Um, so I didn't have any preconceptions about this. Didn't even really know that it was about uh, like trans kids in, in London. I just knew it was a solicit about these uh, kind of young coming-of-age kids trying to make it. Um, and I will say that I was better for not having the expectations because uh, I came away very intrigued by Remy uh, as a storyteller. And I also think that we're going to look back on this as one of those early works right? It's, it's, I don't think it's perfect work. In fact, I think as a narrative in as much as a graphic novel should have a narrative, I don't think there is much of one. I think it's essentially a look into these, uh, two people's lives, uh, for a very short window with no apparent reason for being there or, or any sense of what happens after you leave or, um, any kind of overarching message as to why we should care one way or the other. Um, and I say that with no value judgment, Maybe that's exactly what Remy was going for. Um, and that's why I say, like, I, I don't think I could in good conscience say this was one of those OGNs that I just you need to go out and read and it's going to knock you on your ass because I, I felt like it was more of a character study. It was really Remy taking a visual journey and a narrative journey through these concepts that I think they're wrestling with as a storyteller. And I, I saw the kernels of, of interesting things, but I don't think they st- – they pulled it all together and stuck the landing. Um, but that said, I, I did it. What I, it wasn't for lack of talent, if that makes sense. I, I just took it as, Oh, they're, they're, they're young in their career. They're, they're figuring it out. And, and I would imagine that the next graphic novel or the one after that is going to be Eisner worthy. I think that's the kind of potential that Remy has. Um, I just don't think it's fully realized yet. I, um, I, I flipped through it, um, and I, I wanted because I noticed it in. Um, I was looking at the previews pages when it was solicited. You got um, that Omaha vibe. You're like, oh, I see. Partly, uh, but but the art also reminded me of Martin Wagner's Hepcats, and yeah, and sure. I was like, okay, so that you know, th- this looks like something I would enjoy, and and I was flipping through the um, the 
first dozen or so pages of the um of the PDF and and it it wasn't connecting with me. I I was trying to I was and it wasn't there wasn't much for me to connect as far as the characters go. There isn't I, I don't have a whole lot to relate to there, but um I was trying to uh, and I hate using the term. I was trying to power through it to make sure you know to, to see if I was going to miss something and and if there was going to be a payoff. And I'll probably revisit it, but it just I wasn't. Um, it was a mood thing, I guess. I, I wasn't feeling it at the time. Mm-hmm. I did. I have expectations, maybe. I mean, I didn't know what what to expect going in. I, I didn't. I mean, I was based on how it looked. I had the impression of okay. I, I nothing about this is a turnoff. Uh, the subject matter isn't the way the way it looks isn't. So I'll give the story a try. But it it just um, it I'll. I'll revisit it, but it, 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 at the time, it just it, it, there was something that wasn't uh, firing for me. Sure, I will read this. Yeah, top it, of my it, stack. It's also it's and it's a quick read too. It it, it like I it said, is. it's it's not. Uh, you know, um, so I think there are creators who come out of the gates guns blazing, right? Uh, like among her her contemporaries, Tilly Walden, as an example, I think. First effort, widely acclaimed, I thought was personally wonderful when I read it, kind of came out of the gates guns blazing. But that's that's unusual, right? There there are lots of Yeah. When you're when you're becoming a creator and putting your work out there, I think it's not unusual to go back. Hell, most creators themselves, when they've had a meaty career, go back and say, Oh, I reread or I re, re I can't look at the stuff I drew back then, right? I mean, um Well, how many first books are my favorite thing is monsters? It's an anomaly. Oh, for sure. That's a that is an excellent example. Yeah, and and by the way, sometimes when you are so successful that out of the gates, it can be crippling. Oh, now, sure. I don't know that. Um, I don't know that 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 Emil. Like, I'm kind of guessing, but we were supposed to have the second volume of my favorite thing is monsters a couple years ago. Right. And and I and again, I'm I I have no reason to know for sure that this is a. Um, uh, stage fright or, or writer's block thing. I, it could just be that she's enjoying her her famous success, and and this is taking a little bit longer time. But but yeah, I can. I think when you come out hot, it, it can it can be tough sometimes. I'm managing that. Yeah. Well, based on your description, this ticks off a lot of the things that uh, interest me very much. So. Well, I learned a lot of. Now I don't know how accurate this is growing mushrooms, but it was a pretty complicated process. Yeah. Well. <laughs> They're the big no, fix. Can go wrong. It's they're the cure all. If you just listen to what they say, they could they could remake you. And uh, so that's one of the things on my list, right? And uh, gender issues. One of my heroes is Genesis P. Orridge. so that resonates with me. And mm-hmm. I had no idea that this no, was. I, e- I, I will say one thing. Uh, it's interesting in that I knew it was a story about two trans girls. Uh, because of the preview or the solicit, right? I'm not sure reading it, I necessarily connected with any specific issues or or things they were dealing with because they were trans. Hmm. Like it's clear that they were lovers and and they're now friends. So and it's clear that they're they're uh, they present as females. I mean, so so but you, I could see you if you didn't 
if you just pick this up on recommendation or you you read it and think it's just it's two girls that are lesbians or bisexual like you, there's no well maybe that's the I, I message come away, like what's that maybe that's the message maybe it doesn't matter no yeah. no that that's my point right is is I actually was left wondering and if I got a chance to to meet Remy at some point or I, I would love to know if that was by design or not um because there I don't recall there being any specific issues or even acknowledgement that they were trans in the story itself. Right. Well, if it was but that's... in solicit, it's mentioned. So clearly that was important to her, right? That Right. Like so. One can um construe that the fact that it is left out that it was intentional. Right, but right. But what I'm saying is it wasn't meant to be ambiguous because they wouldn't have put it in the solicit. Oh right? of course, right. And that may yeah. be the the creator saying it's important insofar as you know who these characters are, but mm-hmm. it's not important to the point where it's just two people coexisting who have a history, whether, yeah. you know, yeah. the gender doesn't really matter. So and I think it's, that's it's interesting, too, because if this was two slacker buddies, just a book about two slacker buddies, I probably would have detested it. <laughs> but the fact that it was two young women, it was far enough away from, like, I can't identify as that, right? right? So, whereas I actively worked hard in that phase of my life to not be the guy slacker, you know, <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Even gender plays a role there. If it was a story of, of two males or two people who presented as, as, as male, I, I I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. Yes. Um, and not the least of which, I would like to read this because maybe it will give me more in- insight into the home life, right? Right. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Word up. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, this was a good one. Thank you for being here with us yet again. If you would like more of the 11 o'clock, we'll call it an experience because it is, go to Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, and Instagram. We have presences there. The Patreon, sorry, is is strong. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In the meantime, in addition to keeping yourself and your loved ones healthy, watch out. Um, say goodnight. That's kind of melodic. <laughs> <laughs> Sing song. David. Good night. Makes up for the frog that caught in my throat halfway through. (laughs) Rivet. Anywhere near this melodic, so. David. Yay. All right, boys. Send them away. Tell them you love them. Be gone with you, but I love you. Ah, that's nice. That's akin to a little slap on the ass. Love you. you Whack. Get out. Use your hat, what's your hurry? <laughs>